Good morning and happy Sunday. Today we start Leviticus. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. He must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting, so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make anointment, atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord, and then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides of the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priests, the... <laughs> Good morning. Ooh. The sons of Aaron... The sons of Aaron the priest are to put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons the priests shall arrange the priests, the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water, and the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If the offering is a burnt offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goats, he is to offer a male without defect. He is to slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the Lord, and Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle its blood, its blood against the altar on all sides. He is to cut into pieces, and the priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water, and the priest is to bring all of it and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If the offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, he is to offer a dove or a young pigeon. The priest shall bring it to the altar, wring off the head, and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He is to remove the crop where, with its contents and throw it to the east side of the altar where the ashes are. He shall tear it open by the wings, not severing it completely, and then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is on fire on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. When someone brings a grain offering to the Lord, his offering is to be of fine flour. He is to pour oil on it, put incense on it, and take it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priest shall take a handful of the fine flour and oil, together with all the incense, and burn it as a memorial portion on the altar, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven, it is to consist of fine flour, cakes made without yeast and mixed with oil, or wafers made without yeast and spread with oil. If your grain offering is prepared on a griddle, it is to be made of fine flour mixed with oil and without yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is cooked in a pan, it is to be made of fine flour and oil. Bring the grain offering made of these things to the Lord. Present it to the priest, who shall take it to the altar. He shall take out the memorial portion of the grain offering of the grain. <laughs> he shall take out the memorial portion from the grain offering and burn it on the altar as an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. Every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. 
Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. If you bring a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall burn the memorial portion of the grain crushed of the crushed grain and the oil together with all the incense as an offering made to the Lord by fire. If someone's offering is a fellowship offering and he offers an animal from the herd, whether male or female, he is to present before the Lord an animal without defect. He is to lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons of the priests shall sprinkle the blood against the altar on all sides. From the fellowship offering, he is to bring a sacrifice made to the Lord by fire. All the fat that covers the inner parts or is connected to them, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins and the covering of the liver, which he will remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons are to burn it on the altar on top of the burnt offering that is on the burning wood as an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If he offers an animal from the flock as fellowship as a fellowship offering to the Lord, he is to offer a male and female male or female without defect. If he offers a lamb, he is to present it before the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it in front of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's son shall sprinkle its blood against the altar on all sides. From the fellowship offering, he is to bring a sacrifice made to the Lord by fire. Its fat, the entire fat tail cut loose, cut off close to the backbone. All the fat that covers the inner parts or is connected to them. Both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins and the covering of the liver, which he will remove with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as food, an offering made to the Lord by fire. If this offering is a goat, he is to present it before the Lord. He is to lay his hands on its head and slaughter it in front of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's son shall sprinkle its blood against the altar on all sides. From what he offers, he is to make this offering to the Lord by fire. All the fat that covers the inner parts or is connected to them, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins and the covering of the liver, which he will remove with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as food, an offering made by fire, a pleasing aroma. All the fat is the Lord's. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Wherever you live, you must not eat any fat or any blood. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, When anyone sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He is to present the bull at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord. He is to lay his hand on its head and slaughter it before the Lord. Then the anointed priest shall take some of the bull's blood and carry it into the tent of meeting. He is to dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord in front of the curtain of the sanctuary. The priest shall then bring... Uh, shall put the priest shall then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense and that is before the lord in the tent of meeting the rest of the bull's blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offerings at the entrance to the tent of meeting he shall remove all the fat from the bull of the sin offering the fat that covers the inner parts or is connected to them both kidneys with the fat of them near the loins and the covering of the liver, which he will remove with the kidneys, just as the fat is removed from the ox sacrificed as a fellowship offering. Then the priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering. But the hide of the bull and all its flesh, as well as the head and legs and inner parts of the and offal, that is, all the rest of the bull, 
he must take outside the camp to a place ceremonially clean where the ashes are thrown and burn it in a wood fire on the ash heap. If the whole Israelite community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though the community is unaware of the matter, they are guilty. When they become aware of the sin they committed, the assembly must bring a young bull as a sin offering and present it before the tent of meeting. The elders of the community are to lay their hands on the bull's head before the Lord, and the bull shall be slaughtered before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to take some of the bull's blood into the tent of meeting. He shall dip his finger into the blood and sprinkle it before the Lord seven times in front of the curtain. He is to put some of the blood on the horns of the altar that is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. The rest of the blood he shall pour out on the base of the altar of burnt offering at the entrance to the tent meeting. He shall remove all the fat from it and burn it on the altar, and do with this bull just as he did with the bull for the sin offering. In this way the priest will make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. Then he shall take the bull outside the camp and burn it as he burned the first bull. This is the sin offering for the community. When a leader sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the commands of the Lord his God, he is guilty. When he is made aware of the sin he committed, he must bring as his offering a male goat without defect. He is to lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. He shall burn all the fat on the altar as he burned the fat of the fellowship offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the marks the man sins, and he will be forgiven. If a member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, he is guilty. When he is made aware of the sin he committed, he must bring as his offering for the sin he committed a female goat without defect. He is to lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place of the burnt offering. Then the priest is to take some of the blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. He shall remove all the fat just as the fat is removed from the fellowship offering, and the priest shall burn it on the altar as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his sin offering, he is to bring a female without defect. He is to lay his hands on its head and slaughter it for the sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and pour it out and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. He shall remove all the fat just as the fat is removed from the lamb of the fellowship offering. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him for the sin he has committed and he will be forgiven. If a person sins because he does not speak up when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he has seen or learned about, he will be held responsible. If a person touches anything ceremonially ceremonially unclean, whether the carcass of unclean wild animals or unclean livestock or of unclean creatures that move along the ground, even though he is unaware of it, he has become unclean and is guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, anything that would make him unclean, even though he is unaware of it, when he learns of it, he will be guilty. Or if a person thoughtlessly takes an oath to do anything, whether good or evil, in any matter one might carelessly swear about, even though he is unaware of it, in any case when he learns of it, he will be guilty. When anyone is guilty in any of these ways, he must confess in what way he has sinned, 
and as a penalty for the sin he has committed, he must bring to the Lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin. If he cannot afford a lamb, he is to bring two doves or two young pigeons to the Lord as a penalty for his sin, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He is to bring them to the priest who shall first offer the one for the sin offering. He is to wring its head from its neck, not severing it completely, and is to sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the side of the altar. The rest of the blood must be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall then offer the other as a burnt offering in the prescribed way and make atonement for him for the sin he has committed and he will be forgiven. If, however, he cannot afford two doves or two pigeons, he is to bring as an offering for his sin a tenth of an epaph of fine flour for a sin offering. He must not put oil or incense on it because it is a sin offering. He is to bring it to a priest who shall take a handful of it as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar on top of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. It is a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him for any of these sins he has committed, and he will be forgiven. The rest of the offering will belong to the priest, as in the case of the grain offering. The Lord said to Moses, When a person commits a violation and sins unintentionally in regard to any of the Lord's holy things, he is to bring to the Lord as a penalty a ram from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value in silver according to the sanctuary shekel. It is a guilt offering. He must make restitution for what he has failed to do in regard to the holy things. Add a fifth of the value to that and give it all to the priest who will make atonement for him with the ram as a guilt offering and he will be forgiven. If a person sins and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though he does not know it, he is guilty and will be held responsible. He is to bring to the priest as a guilt offering a ram from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him for the wrong he has committed unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. It is a guilt offering. He has been guilty of wrongdoing against the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, If anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving his neighbor about someone entrusted to him, about something entrusted to him or left in his care or stolen, or if he cheats on him, or if he finds lost property and lies about it, or if he swears falsely, or if he commits any such sin that people may do when he thus sins and becomes guilty. He must retain what he has stolen or taken by extortion, extortion, or what was entrusted to him or the lost property he found, or whatever it was he swore falsely about. He must make restitution in full, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it all to the owner of the day owner on the day he presents his guilt offering and as a penalty he must bring to the priest that is to the lord his guilt offering a ram from the flock one without defect and of the proper value in this way the priest will make atonement for him before the lord and he will be forgiven for any of the things that he did that made him guilty the lord said to moses give aaron and his sons this command these are the regulations for the burnt offering the burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take off these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. 
Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. These are the regulations for the grain offering. Aaron's sons are to bring it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest is to take a handful of fine flour and oil together with all the incense on the grain offering and burn the memorial portion on the altar as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Aaron and his sons shall eat the rest of it, but it is to be eaten without yeast in a holy place. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. It must not be baked with yeast. I have given it as their share of the offerings made to me by fire. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any male descendant of Aaron may eat it. It is, it is his regular share of the offerings made to the Lord by fire for the generations to come. Whatever touches them will become holy. The Lord also said to Moses, This is the offering Aaron and his sons are to bring to the Lord on the day he is anointed, a tenth of an epa of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. Prepare it with oil on the griddle, bring it well mixed, and present the grain offering broken in pieces as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The son who is to succeed him as anointed priest shall prepare it. It is the Lord's regular share and is to be burned completely. Every grain offering of a priest shall be burned completely. It must not be eaten. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron and his sons, These are the regulations for the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in the place the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is most holy. The priest who offers it shall eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Whatever touches any of the flesh will become holy, and if any of the blood is battered on the garment, you must wash it in a holy place. The clay pot the meat is cooked in must be broken. But if it is cooked in a way, in a bronze pot, the pot is to be scored and rinsed with water. Any male in a priest's family may eat it. It is most holy. But any sin offering whose blood is brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place must not be eaten. It must be burned. These are the regulations for the guilt offering, which is most holy. The guilt offering is to be slaughtered in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered, and its blood is to be sprinkled against the altar on all sides. All its fat shall be offered, the fat tail and the fat that covers the inner parts, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins, and the covering of the liver, which is to be removed with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as an offering made to the Lord by fire. It is a guilt offering. Any male in a priest's family may eat it, but it must be eaten in a holy place. It is most holy. The same law applies to both the sin offering and the guilt offering. They apply to the priest who makes atonement with them. The priest who offers a burnt offering for anyone may keep it, keep its hide for himself. Every grain offering baked in an oven or cooked in a pan on a griddle belongs to the priest who offers it, and every grain offering, whether mixed with oil or dry, belongs equally to all the sons of Aaron. These are the regulations of the fellowship offering a person may present to the Lord. If he offers it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with the thankful offering, he is to offer cakes of bread made without yeast and mixed with oil, wafers made without yeast and spread with oil, and cakes of fine flour well kneaded and mixed with oil. Along with his fellowship offering of thanksgiving, he is to present an offering with cakes of bread made with yeast. He is to bring one of each kind as an offering, a contribution to the Lord. It belongs to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the fellowship offerings. The meat of his fellowship offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the day it's offered. He must leave none of it till morning. 
If, however, his offering is a result of a vow or a free will offering, a sacrifice shall be eaten on the day he offers it, but anything left over may be eaten on the next day. Any meat of the sacrifice left over till the third day must be burned up. If any meat of the fellowship occurring is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It will not be credited to one who offered it. It will not be credited to the one who offered it. <laughs> it is not... Oh. It will not be credited to the one who offered it, for it is impure. The person who eats any of it will be held responsible. Meat that touches anything ceremonially unclean must not be eaten. It must be burned up. As for other meat, anyone ceremonially clean may eat it. But if anyone who is unclean eats any meat of the fellowship offering belonging to the Lord, the person must be cut off from his people. If anyone touches something unclean, whether human uncleanness or an unclean animal or any unclean detestable thing, and then eats any of the meat of the fellowship offering belonging to the, the Lord, that person must be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Do not eat any of the fat of cattle, sheep, or goats. The fat of an animal found dead or torn by wild animals may be used for any other purpose, but you must not eat it. Anyone who eats the fat of an animal from which an offering by fire may be, may be made to the Lord must be cut off from his people. And wherever you live, you must not eat the blood of any bird or animal. If anyone eats blood, that person must be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Anyone who brings a fellowship offering to the Lord is to bring a part of it as his sacrifice to the Lord. With his own hands, he is to bring the offering made to the Lord by fire. He is to bring the fat together with the beast and wave the beast's wave <laughs> breast. With his own hands, he is to bring the offering made to the Lord by fire. He is to bring the fat together with the breast and wave the breast before the Lord as a wave offering. The priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the breast belongs to Aaron and his sons. You are to give the right thigh of your fellowship offerings to the priest as a contribution. The son of Aaron, who offers the blood and the fat of the fellowship offering, shall have the right thigh as his share. From the fellowship offering of the Israelites, I have taken the breast that is waved and the thigh that is presented, and have given them to Aaron the priest and his sons as their regular share from the Israelites. This is the portion of the offerings made to the Lord by fire that were allotted to Aaron and his sons on the day they were presented to serve the Lord as priests. On the day they were anointed, the Lord commanded that the Israelites give them, give this to them as their regular share for generations to come. These, then, are the regulations for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the ordination offering, and the fellowship offering, which the Lord gave Moses on Mount Sinai on the day he commanded the Israelites to bring their offerings to the Lord in the desert of Sinai. The Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons their garments, the anointing oil, the, ball, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket containing bread made without yeast, and gather the entire assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and the assembly gathered at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Moses said to the assembly, This is what the Lord has commanded to be done. Then Moses brought Aaron and his sons forward and washed them with water. He put the tunic on Aaron, tied the sash around him, clothed him with the robe, and put the ephod on him. He also tied the ephod to him by its skillfully woven waistband, so it was fastened on him. He placed the breastpiece on him and put the 
Urim and Thummim in the breastpiece. He then placed the turban on Aaron's head and set the gold plate, the sacred diadem, on the front of it, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, and so consecrated them. He sprinkled some of the oil on the altar seven times, anointing the oil and all its utensils and the basin with its stand to consecrate them. He poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Then he brought Aaron's sons forward, put tunics on them, tied sashes around them, and put headbands on them, as the Lord commanded Moses. He then presented the bull for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head. Moses slaughtered the bull and took some of the blood, and with his finger he put it on all the horns of the altar to purify the altar. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar, so he consecrated it to make atonement for it. Moses also took all the fat around the inner parts, the covering of the liver, and both kidneys and their fat, and burned it on the altar. But the bull with its hide and its flesh and its offal he burned up outside of camp, as the Lord commanded Moses. He then presented the ram for the burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head. Then Moses slaughtered the ram and sprinkled the blood against altar on all sides. He cut the ram into pieces and burned the head and the pieces with the fat. He washed the inner parts and the legs with water and burned the whole ram on the altar as a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire, as the Lord commanded Moses. He then presented the other ram, the ram for the ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hand on its head. Moses slaughtered the ram and took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Moses also brought Aaron's sons forward and put some of the blood on the lobes of their right ear, on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toe of their right feet. And then he sprinkled blood against the altar on all sides. He took the fat, the fat tail, all the fat around the inner parts, the covering of the liver, both kidneys and their fat and the right thigh. Then from the basket of bread made without yeast, which was before the Lord, he took a cake of bread and one made with oil and wafer, and he put these on the fat portion and on the right thigh. He put all of these in the hands of Aaron and his sons and waved them before the Lord as a wave offering. Then Moses took them from their hands and burned them on the altar on top of the burnt offering as an ordination offering, a pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire. He also took the breast, Moses' share of the ordination ram, and waved it before the Lord as a wave offering, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood from the altar and sprinkled them on Aaron in his garments and on his sons in their garments. So he consecrated Aaron and his garments and his sons in their garments. Moses then said to Aaron and his sons, Cook the meat at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and eat it there with the bread from the basket of ordination offerings as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons are to eat it. Then burn up the rest of the meat and the bread. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting for seven days, until the days of your ordination are completed, for your ordination will last seven days. <laughs> I appreciate a, a very clear set of instructions, granted. What has been done today was commanded by the Lord to make atonement for you. You must stay at the entrance to the tent of meeting day and night for seven days and do what the Lord requires you so you will not die, for that is what I have been commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord commanded through Moses.
On the eighth day, Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering, both without defect, defect, and present them before the Lord. Then say to the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for a fellowship offering, to sacrifice before the Lord, together with a grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. They took the things Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting, and the entire assembly came near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering, and make atonement for yourself and the people. Sacrifice the offering that is for the people and make atonement for them, as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron came to the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. His sons brought the blood to him, and he dipped his finger into the blood and put it on the horns of the altar. The rest of the blood he poured out at the base of the altar. On the altar he burned the fat, the kidneys, and the covering of the liver from the sin offering as the Lord commanded Moses. He then slaughtered the burnt offering. His sons handed him the blood and sprinkled it against the altar on all sides. They handed him the burnt offering piece by piece, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. He washed the inner parts and the legs and burned them on top of the burnt offering on the altar. Aaron then brought the offering that was for the people. He took the goat for the people's sin offering. He took the goat for the people's sin offering and slaughtered it and offered it offered it for a sin offering as he did with the first one. He brought the burnt offering and offered it in the prescribed way. He also brought the grain offering, took a handful of it, burned it on the altar in addition to the morning's burnt offering. He slaughtered an ox and the ram as the fellowship offering for the people. His sons handed him the blood and he sprinkled it against the altar on all sides. With the fat portions of the ox and the ram, the fat tail, the layer of fat, the kidneys and the covering of the liver, these they laid on the breasts and then Aaron burned the fat on the altar. Aaron waved the breasts and the right thigh before the Lord as a wave offering as Moses commanded. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, spoke of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will show myself holy in the sight of all people. I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Moses summoned Mishael and Elzapham, sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to him, said to them, Come here, carry your cousins outside the camp, away from the front of the sanctuary. So they came and carried them, still in their tunics, outside the camp, as Moses ordered. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not let your hair become unkempt. And do not tear your clothes, and you will die, or you will die, and the Lord will be angry with the whole community. Uh-oh. Yikes. 
unkempt hair and torn clothes. But your relatives, all the house of Israel, may mourn for those the Lord destroyed by fire. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting, or you will die, because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did as Moses said. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting, or you will die. This is a lasting ordinance for generations to come. You must distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean, and it must, and you must teach the Israelites all the decrees the Lord has given them through Moses. Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Take the grain offering left over from the offerings made to the Lord by fire, and eat it prepared without yeast before the altar, for it is most holy. Eat it in a holy place, because it is your share and your son's share of the offerings made to the Lord by fire, for so I have commanded. But you and your sons and your daughters may eat the breasts that was waved and the sigh and the thigh that was presented. Eat them in a ceremonially clean place. They have been given to you and your children as your share of the Israelites' fellowship offerings. The thigh that was presented and the breast that was waved must be brought with the fat portions of the offerings made by fire to be waved before the Lord as a wave offering. This will be the regular share for you and your children as the Lord has commanded. When Moses inquired about the goat of the sin offering and found that it had been burned up, he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons. Oh, when Moses inquired about the goat of the sin offering and found that it had been burned up, he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons, and asked, Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sanctuary area? It is most holy. It was given to you to take away the guilt of the community by making atonement for them before the Lord. Since its blood was not taken into the holy place, you should have eaten the goat in the sanctuary area as I commanded. Aaron replied to Moses, Today they sacrifice their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord. But such <clears throat> but such things as this have happened to me. Would the Lord have been pleased if I had eaten the sin offering today? When Moses heard this, he was satisfied. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Say to the Israelites, Of all the animals that live on land, these are the ones you must eat. You may eat any animal that has a split hoof completely divided and that chews the cud. There are some that only chew the cud or only have a split hoof, and you must not eat them. The camel, though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is ceremonially unclean for you. The coney, though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is unclean for you. That's a rock badger, according to this translation note. (laughs) (sighs) The rabbit, though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is unclean for you. And the pig, though it has a split hoof, completely divided, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. You must not eat their meat or touch their carcasses. They are unclean for you. Of all the creatures living in the water of the seas and the streams, you may eat any that have fins and scales. But all creatures in the seas or streams that do not have fins and scales, whether among all the swarming things and among all the living creatures in the water, you are to detest. And since you are to detest them, you must not eat their meat and you must detest their carcasses. Anything living in the water that does not have fins and scales is to be detestable to you. There are birds you are to detest and not eat because they are detestable. The eagle, 
the vulture, the black vulture, the red kite, any kind of black kite, any kind of raven, the horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the opry, the stork, any kind of heron, the hobo, and the bat. Well, a little too late for that, isn't it? All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be detestable to you. Big agree. Big, big agree on, on that one, that particular point. There are, however, some winged creatures that walk on all fours that you may eat. Those that have jointed legs ugh, for hopping on the ground. Of these you may eat any kind of locust, katydid, cricket, or grasshopper. But all other winged creatures that have four legs you are to detest. You are to make yourself un... You will make yourself unclean by these. Whoever touches their carcass will be unclean till evening. Whoever picks up one of their carcasses must wash his clothes, and he will be unclean till evening. Every animal that has a split hoof not completely divided or does not chew cud is unclean for you. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them will be unclean. Of all the animals that walk on all fours, those that walk on their paws are unclean for you. Whoever touches their carcass will be unclean till evening. Anyone who picks up their carcass must wash his clothes, and he will be unclean until evening. They are unclean for you. I'm going to quote this passage every time I have to kill a bug, and I'm going to make someone else do it. Of the animals that move about on the ground, these are unclean for you. The weasel, the rat, any kind of great lizard, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the wall lizard, the skink, the skink, is a skink, and the chameleon. All of these that move along the ground, these are unclean for you. Whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean till evening. When one of them dies and falls on something, that article, whatever its use, will become unclean. Whether it is made of wood, cloth, hide, or sackcloth. Put it in water. It will be unclean till evening, and then it will be clean. If one of them falls into a clay pot, everything in it will be unclean, and you must break the pot. Any food that could be eaten but has water on it from, the, from such a pot is unclean. Any liquid that could be drunk from it is unclean. Anything that one of their carcass falls, carcasses falls on becomes unclean. An oven or cooking pot must be broken up. They are unclean, and you are to regard them as unclean. A spring, however... Or a cistern for collecting water remains clean, but anyone who touches one of these carcasses is unclean. If a carcass falls on any seeds that are to be planted, they remain clean, but if water has been put on the seeds and a carcass falls on it, it is unclean for you. I'm just imagining Moses and Aaron like frantically taking notes and being like, oh, uh, uh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If an animal that you are allowed to eat dies, anyone who touches the carcass will be unclean till evening. Anyone who eats some of the carcass must wash his clothes, and he will be unclean till evening. Anyone who picks up the carcass must wash his clothes, and he will be unclean till evening. Every creature that moves about on the ground is detestable. It is not to be eaten. You are not to eat any creature that moves about on the ground, whether it moves on its belly or walks on all fours or on many feet. It is detestable. Do not defile yourself by any of these creatures. Do not make yourselves unclean by means of them or be made unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves about on the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt and be your God. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore be holy, because I am holy. These are the regulations concerning animals, birds, every living thing that moves in the water, and every creature that moves about on the ground. You must distinguish between the unclean and the clean between living creatures that are to be eaten and those that, that, that may not be eaten. 
The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, A woman who becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her monthly period. Cool. On the eighth day, it's all, it's all fun and games until we're talking about periods. On the eighth day, the boy is to be circumcised. Then the woman was, must wait 33 days to be purified from her bleeding. Yuck. She must not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of your purification are over. If she gives birth to a daughter, for two weeks the woman will be unclean, as during her period. Then she must wait 66 days to be purified from her bleeding. Girl children are two times more unpure than boy children. So you've got to wait 66 days instead of 33 days. Uh-huh. Okay. <sighs> when the days of her purification for a son or daughter are over, she is to bring to a to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. <laughs> He shall offer them before the Lord to make atonement for her, and then she will be ceremonially clean from her flow of blood. These are the regulations for the woman who gives birth to a boy or a girl. If she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two young pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her, and she will be clean. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a bright spot on his skin that may become an infectious disease, he must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on his skin, and if the hair in his sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it is an infectious skin disease. When the priest examines him, he shall pronounce him ceremonially unclean. If the spot on his skin is white, but does not appear to be more than skin deep and the hair in it has not turned white. The priest is to put the infected person in isolation for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine him and if he sees the sore is unchanged and has not spread in the skin, he is to keep him in isolation another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine him again and if the sore has faded and has not spread in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a rash. The man must wash his clothes and he will be clean. But if the rash does spread in his skin after he has shown himself to the priest to be pronounced clean, he must appear before the priest again. The priest is to examine him, and if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infectious disease. When anyone has an infectious disease, he must be brought to the priest. The priest is to examine him, and if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white, and if there is raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic skin disease, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He is not to put him in isolation because he is already unclean. If the disease breaks out all over his skin, so far as the priest can see, it covers all the skin of the infected person from head to foot. The priest is to examine him, and if the disease has covered the whole body, he shall pronounce that person clean. Since it is all turned white, he is clean. Whenever, But whenever raw flesh appears on him, he will be unclean. When the priest sees the raw flesh, he shall pronounce him unclean. I'm confused. The raw flesh is unclean. He has an infectious disease. Should the raw flesh change and then turn white, he must go to the priest. The priest is to examine him, and if the sores have turned white, the, the priest shall pronounce the infected person clean. Then he will be clean. When someone has a boil on his skin and it heals... And in the place where the boil was, a white swelling or reddish white spot appears, he must present himself to the priest. 
The priest is to examine it, and if it appears to be more than skin deep and the hair in it has turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infectious skin disease that has broken out where the boil was. But if, when the priest examines it, there is no white hair in it and it is more than skin deep and has faded, then the priest is to put him in isolation for seven days. If it is spreading to the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is infectious. But if the spot is unchanged and has not spread, it is only a scar from the boil and the, the priest shall pronounce him clean. When someone has a burn on his skin and a reddish white or white spot appears in the raw flesh of the burn, the priest is to examine the spot. And if the hair in it has turned white and it appears to be more than skin deep, it is an infectious disease that has broken out in the burn. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infectious skin disease. But if the priest examines it and there is no white hair in the spot and if it is not more than skin deep and has faded, then the priest is to put him in isolation for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine him, and if it is spreading in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infectious skin disease. If, however, the spot is unchanged and has not spread in the skin but has faded, it is a swelling from the burn, and the priest shall, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scar from the burn. If a man or woman has a sore on the head or on the chin, the priest is to examine the sore, and if it appears to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it is yellow and thin, the priest shall pronounce that person unclean, if it is an itch, an infectious disease of the head or chin. But if, when the priest examines this kind of sore, it does not seem to be more than skin deep, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest is to be put, is to put the infected person in isolation for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine the sore, and if the itch has not spread and there is no yellow hair in it, and it does not appear to be more than skin deep, he must be shaved except for the diseased area, and the priest is to keep him in isolation another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine the itch, and if it has not spread in the skin, it appears to be no more than skin deep, the priest shall pronounce him clean. He must wash his clothes and he will be clean. But if the itch does spread in the skin after he is pronounced clean, the priest is to examine him. And if the itch has spread in the skin, the priest does not need to look for yellow hair. The person is unclean. If, however, in his judgment it is unchanged and a black hair has grown in it, the itch is healed. He is clean and the priest shall pronounce him clean. When a man or woman has white spots on the skin, the priest is to examine them, and if the spots are dull white, it is a harmless rash that has broken out on the skin. The, that person is clean. And when a man has lost his hair and is bald, he is clean. And if he has lost his hair from the front of his scalp and has a bald forehead, he is clean. But if he has a reddish-white sore on his bald head or forehead, it is an infectious disease breaking out on his head or forehead. The priest is to examine him, and if the swollen sore on his head or forehead is reddish-white, like an infectious skin disease, the man is diseased and is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him unclean because of the sore on his head. And the person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Regulations about mildew. If any clothing is contaminated with mildew, any woolen or linen clothing, any woven or knitted material or linen or wool, any leather or anything made of leather, and if the contamination in the clothing or leather or woven or knitted material or any leather article or is greenish or reddish, it is spreading mildew and must be shown to the priest. The priest is to examine the mildew and isolate the affected article for seven days. On the seventh day, he is to examine it, and if the mildew has spread in the clothing... 
or the woven or knitted material or the leather, whatever its use. It is a destructive mildew. The article is unclean. He must burn up the clothing or the woven or knitted material of wood or linen or any leather article that has contamination in it because the mildew is destructive. The article must be burned up. But if, when the priest examines it, the mildew has not spread in the clothing or the woven or knitted material or the leather article, he shall order that the contaminated article be washed. Then he is to isolate it for another seven days. After the affected article has been washed, the priest is to examine it. If the mildew has not changed its appearance, even though it has not spread, it is unclean. Burn it with fire, whether the mildew has affected one side or the other. If, when the priest examines it, the mildew has faded after the article has been washed, he is to tear the contaminated part out of the clothing, or the leather, or the woven or knitted material. But if it reappears in the clothing, or if it is woven or knitted material, or in the leather article, it is spreading, and whatever has the mildew must be burned with fire. The clothing or the woven or knitted material or any other any leather article that has been washed and is rid of mildew must be washed again and it will be clean. These are the regulations concerning contamination by mildew in woolen or linen clothing, woven or knitted material, or any leather article for pronouncing them clean or unclean. The Lord said to Moses, These are the regulations for the diseased person at the time of ceremonial cleaning when he is brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside the camp and examine him. If the person has been healed of his infectious skin disease, the priest shall order that two live clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the one to be cleansed. Then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water in a clay pot. He is to then take the live bird and dip it, together with cedar wood and scarlet yarn and the hyssop, into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the infectious disease and pronounce him clean. Then he is to release the live bird in the open fields. The person to be cleansed must wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and bathe with water. Then he will be ceremonially clean. After this, he may come into the camp, and he may stay outside his tent for seven days. On the seventh day, he must shave off all his hair. He must shave his head, his beard, his eyebrows, and the rest of his hair. He must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water, and he will be clean. On the eighth day, he must bring two male lambs and one ewe lamb a year old, each without defect, along with three-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and one log of oil. The priest who pronounces him clean shall present both the one to be cleansed and his offering before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then the priest is to take one of the male lambs and offer it as a guilt offering, along with a log of oil. He shall wave them before the Lord as a wave offering. He is to slaughter the lamb in the holy place where the skin offering and the burnt offering are slaughtered. Like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priests. It is most holy. The priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, and the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest shall take some of the log oil, pour it into the palm of his hand, dip his right forefinger into the oil in his palm, and with his finger sprinkle some of it before the Lord seven times. The priest is to put some of the oil remaining in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of the one being of the one to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering. The rest of the oil is to the rest of the oil in his palm. The rest of the oil in his palm the priest shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed and make atonement for him before the Lord. 
Then the priest is to sacrifice the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And after that, the Lord shall slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar all together with the grain offering and make atonement for him and he will be clean. If, however, he is poor and cannot afford these, he must take one male lamb as a guilt offering to be waived to make atonement for him together with a tenth of an ephah a fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering a log of oil and two doves of young pigeons which he can afford one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering on the eighth day he must bring them to his cleansing to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the lord the priest is to take the lamb for the guilt offering together with the log of oil and wave them before the lord as a wave offering he shall slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering and take some of its blood and put it on the lobe on the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest is to pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand and with his right forefinger sprinkle some of the oil from his palm seven times before the Lord. Some of the oil in his palm he is to put on the same places he put the blood of the guilt offering, on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot the rest of the oil in his palm the priest shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed to make atonement for him before the lord then he shall sacrifice the doves or young pigeons which the person can afford one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering together with the grain offering in this way the priest will make atonement before the lord on behalf of the one to be cleansed these are the regulations for anyone who has an infectious skin disease who cannot afford the regular offerings for his cleansing. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I am giving you as your possession, and I put a spreading mildew in the house of the land, the owner of the house must go and tell the priest, I have seen something that looks like mildew in my house. The priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go and inspect the house. He is to examine the mildew on the walls, and if it has greenish or reddish depressions that appear to be deeper than the surface of the wall, the priest shall go out to the doorway to the house and close it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall return to inspect the house. If the mildew has spread on the walls, he is to order the contaminated stones to be thrown out and thrown into an unclean place outside of town. He must have all the inside walls of the house scraped and the material that is scraped off dumped into an unclean place outside of town. Then they are to make, to take other stones to replace these and make new clay and plaster house. If the mildew appears in the house after the stones have been turned out and in the, and the house is scraped and plastered, the priest is to go examine it. And if the mildew has spread to the house, it is a destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down its stones, timbers, and all the plaster, and taken out of the town to an unclean place. Anyone who goes into the house while it is closed and eats will be unclean till evening. Anyone who sleeps or eats in the house must wash his clothes. But if a priest comes to examine it and the mildew has not spread to the house, has not spread after the house has been plastered, he shall pronounce the house clean because the mildew is gone. To purify the house, he is to take two birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. He shall kill one of the birds over fresh water. Oh, gosh. Okay, we're almost there. But if the priest comes to examine it and the mildew has not spread after the house has been plastered, he shall pronounce the house clean because the mildew is gone. To purify the house, he is to take two birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. 
he shall kill one of the birds over fresh water in a clay pot. Clay pot. Then he is to take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird, and then sprinkle in the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall purify the house with the bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, and the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet yarn. Whew. Then he is to release the live bird. <laughs> oh, poor bird. Then he is to release the live bird in the open field outside of town. And this way he will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. These are the regulations for any infectious skin disease, for an itch, for mildew in clothing or in a house, and for a swelling, rash, or bright spot to determine when something is clean or unclean. These are the regulations for infectious skin diseases and mildew. Perfect timing. That's where we're going to wrap up uh, Leviticus 15, and uh, we will begin there next Sunday. Let go and let God, baby.